One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. It was an emotional Undertaker retirement, a farewell finally to WWE, at least we think so. It really did feel like the end this time, until they do another farewell segment, when fans actually are allowed back into the arena. I'm Mr. Davis, your new jam, that champion, but more on that later. And I'm joined by the man who got swept up by the cleaner here, Luke Warm, Luke Owen. Yes, uh, not a great performance uh, by Team Lukewarm last night. It was indeed a complete whitewash. It was a whiter wash than phase one of the MCU. It was a clean sweep for the Ollie Authority at Survivor Jams. Not a a good night. It was not a not a not a good night uh, for us. We were all, although do you know what, we had a ton of fun in the Losers Lounge, or as it got renamed Fort Awesome. It was uh, we had a pretty great time there. Yeah, no, but that is nothing more than sparkles on a turd, folks. It was the Losers Lounge. Commiserate yourself and also celebrate with me with your own beer fifty two. That's right, a free case of eight craft beers. UK viewers only go to uh, beer52.com forward slash wrestle talk to get your free case of eight craft beers. You only pay for delivery. They're a fantastic service. We love them so much. We drank loads of their delicious beers on last night's stream. It helped fuel us through the insanity and occasional great wrestling and but mostly bad booking of WWE's part. Uh, yeah, and we'll be tucking into one of those after our first discussion point of this Survivor Series review. <laughs> Just before we before we go on, do you want to just quickly check you're on the right microphone there, Mr. Davis? Oh, God damn it. Jam that champion. No, I'm not. The, the boss people. The boss, ladies and gentlemen, never has the right microphone plugged in. Just wait for it. Oh, sorry, we'll, we'll, wait. we'll wait. We'll wait. Also, by the way, I've, I've actually got a bit of a headache after last night. Um, after all, drinking all those porters from Beer 52, drink, drowning my sorrows. 
drowning my sorrows from losing the championship. Is this the one? It is not the one. <laughs> I mean, you sound fine. Like we can we can get away with it. It's not showing up. Oh, mate. We had a lot of technical issues, folks, um, at the start of this stream. Uh, Mr. Davis couldn't hear me. So much so, we had to bring Laurie in to find out if it was me that was broken or if it was Davis that was broken. Turns out it was Davis. His uh, his headphones weren't working properly. And now, look how puzzled. There it is. That's the one. This is what happens when you have three hours sleep, folks. Oh, mate. I'm an absolute mess. As I said, I've got such a headache today. From drinking those porters, delicious they were. Yes, but yeah, I'm feeling feeling the repercussions of it. There's a payoff. There's a there's a trade. But mm -hmm. let's get into Survivor Series 2020. We're gonna open with the close. That's right. Big Show main evented another major pay per view in 2020. He was out there along with everyone for this Undertaker farewell segment. Uh, I'll just give a brief overview of what went down. We had. You know, pretty much everyone who was backstage, really. Shane McMahon, Big Show, JBL, Mick Foley. But figures from Undertaker's past, HBK, Kane, Triple H, Ric Flair. But then you also had, like, his best buddies, the uh, the Bone Street crew. Godwins. Who were, yeah, represented by the Godfather without his prostitutes. Rikishi and the Godwins, who were forced to dress up in their old pig farmer outfits. Of everyone, I think it was the Godwins that I marked out for the most. <laughs> Phineas I. Godwin and Henry O. Godwin, Pig and Hog. Oh, it was actually, it was quite lovely seeing them out there. We stood on the stream last night as well. When I was a teenager and I first found out about the Bone Street Crew, BSK, I was like, man, those sound like badasses. What a group of absolute badasses because they're the Bone Street Crew. And then you get a little bit older and you find out they played dominoes. And it's suddenly slightly less cool. And I love dominoes. But the, yeah, so unfortunately, all those people who came out, it felt a bit of a waste of time. Uh, I'll, I'll carry on doing the full recap and then we can dive into the good parts and the, you know, quite weirdly lackluster parts of this segment. Uh, they're all in the ring, and then they cut to a video package surmising Undertaker's career. Then it cuts back to the ring. There's no one there. Undertaker gets to do his long Undertaker entrance, which was cool. Uh, he gets into the ring. He cuts a very short promo. He's introduced by Vince McMahon, by the way, who was very emotional, but he barely said anything either. Pretty much just, the dead man. And then Undertaker said, now it's time to, you know, finally let the undertaker rest in peace he got down on one knee and saluted the urn held by paul bearer in in a rare subtle use of ar technology or, or holograms or whatever they use to pop in paul bearer and then yeah undertaker walked out to artificial crowd noise of pre-recordings of other crowds in pre-pandemic times saying thank you taker yeah, it was. Um, it, it, we said it on the stream last night, and it, it it seems silly to say it at, at this point of the year, but it sucked that there was no fans for this. Like this would have been so so awesome with you know thousands of fans in the arena chanting <laughs> "Thank you, Taker," giving him the respect that he uh, so richly deserves. Um, but at the same time, it was nice that we got to have this moment. It certainly it, it was a really emotional farewell. I don't know whether you could say it was the most emotional because it didn't have that crowd there, but this is like, 
it's the most enduring character in wrestling history you know finally mm. going out a lot of people were sat there waiting for the fiends to come out a lot of people were sat there waiting for them to do a big angle but no this was literally just the undertaker came out he said his piece and then he left this was an actual retirement of the undertaker are we are we calling <laughs> that are we well are we 100 certain this is how jaded we are as wrestling fans like they wanted to do a lovely segment where undertaker got to like have his mate go out to the ring and then he went out and did a retirement but we're all sad they go like yeah but where's the fiend where's the payoff to this angle is he really retired i don't think that's my fault for being so entitled they've done entitled. undertaker never, retirements I've, for two decades I never said entitled. I never said entitled. I said jaded because we are jaded wrestling fans being like, come on, where's the where's the angle coming? When's the Saudi money coming to make him do another match? It's you people is what Luke said. <laughs> so, you know, this was this was fine. This was nice. I, I don't think it's the best thing ever. Like some people on social media are saying, I don't think it's the worst thing ever either. Far from it. It's just a thing that happened to close a pointless pay-per-view. Now, this sounds like I'm being really down on it. I'm, I'm not. I'm genuinely not. But let's that's, that's call it for what it is. This was a completely pointless pay-per-view at the end of the day. There was no tracker for who's in the lead, Raw or SmackDown. The matches oh, God, had no stakes. And then at the end, there's this Undertaker farewell thing. Granted, the timing is perfect. Three decades on since, he's, since he first debuted, it's... Why wouldn't you do something for The Undertaker? Should you do a complete farewell to the, the guy? I'm not sure, because I think this segment, no one's going to remember this segment. Wouldn't wouldn't you want your final... I, but I hear me out, hear will. me out. Okay, yeah, yeah. Really? You, you're gonna rem I'm going to remember a bunch of people coming down to the ring who each got their own entrance of about 30 seconds long. We had about, this went 35 minutes in total. We had about 10 minutes of legends coming down to the ring that contributed nothing. They never interacted with The Undertaker on screen. They never really spoke to each other either. Then we got a video package that we'd already seen on the pre-show. Then we got Vince McMahon not saying anything of note either. He simply did an introduction. Then we got Undertaker coming out to do his final bit to a completely empty crowd. The only thing that I really found touching and affecting, apart from the sort of momentous significance of the occasion, was the really, really beautifully done Paul Bearer tribute. I, I think this is this this was this was a nothing segment. I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying I think the the undertaker deserves a bit more what would you have done differently uh differently then i would have waited until crowds could return and i would have had a proper you know like i think these segments are better served on raw on tv and dedicate the final hour of an episode of raw when you've got five six thousand people in attendance and to have people come out share stories maybe have like an exhibition match at the end, a 10-man tag or something, so you can hide them in there. Yeah, I'll do something like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think you're particularly wrong on this. I do disagree with you. I think people will remember this because I think people will choose to remember this. While I don't, I don't think people will go... 
it wasn't a home run segment because I think like all the legends taking what felt like half an hour to make their entrances that eventually led to nothing. They just thanos away and then Vince was there after the video package. Um, but I do think that people are going to choose to remember this segment because uh, as wrestling fans, we are very nostalgic and we do love our nostalgia and our rose tinted glasses. And so we will love the fact that Undertaker got to have all of his friends come down to the ring, that Vince McMahon um, did a little speech for him, that the Undertaker got to cut a promo on the 30th anniversary of his debut. I think as wrestling fans, they will probably they'll always remember that but that that is what they'll remember not the actual like individual components of this and whether or not them thanosing away like maybe in 10 years time we'll be like that was a bit weird but overall i think the wrestling fans will remember this i think they'll remember the fact that undertaker bid farewell what does that even mean he's retired so many times already and Call me jaded, call me cynical. He's going to retire several more times after this. I'm not saying he'll have him ring matches, but there will be numerous celebrations of The Undertaker's career, probably next year, five years from now, at sort of regular intervals when we hit those anniversary milestones. So oh, yeah, there'll be like a this... war episode. Yeah. There'll be like a war episode. When, when ratings are down, they'll be like, oh, maybe we'll do an Undertaker special episode. Uh, I, you know, all the power to you if you look back on this Survivor Series main event segment as memorable. But I, I did, to me, it was just it was just a segment, and it's going to get lost in the annuals of time when they do better versions of this in the future, and have done arguably many times already with the Undertaker's various farewells. I mean, I don't know what to, to tell you here, man. But like, I've seen the reactions on on Twitter. A lot of people were crying last night, like they like genuine tears of emotion watching this final farewell of the Undertaker. I think that this really did affect a lot of people. Whether that's just the Paul Bearer thing, some people were just sad because you know this is the last time that we're going to see the Undertaker, and they and they fully believe that because we've WWE have spent this last week really driving home this idea that this is it this is the final nail in the coffin no pun intended for the undertaker character he's been on cameo charging a thousand dollary dues for you to go like steve i hear you've been a good boy and your mom's proud of you for getting your college degree and, and you know and he had about 25 documentaries on the network he did hot ones or you know and, and things like that so I, I think that people were really geared up for this. And yeah, I think, you know, if you were emotionally affected by this, then I I have more power to you. I think this was a, a fairly good send-off. In WWE terms, it feels like every other send-off that they've ever really done. I thought the Paul Bearer thing was the best moment, really. Mm. Yeah, the Paul Bearer bit, undoubtedly, unquestionably, very, very well handled. Um, yeah, I just think everything else was there. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Do you like quizzes? Do you like wrestling? Do you like watching self-professed experts in their fields being exposed as dangerous frauds? Then you'll love Quizzle Mania, brought to you by Parts Fun Known, the team behind acclaimed wrestling RPG No Rolls Barred. Join us every week as four wrestling pundits pit their knowledge against each other in a cerebral wrangle for prizes, glory, and a bit of good old-fashioned escapism. Enjoy the videos live every Wednesday on Parts Fun Known's YouTube channel, or subscribe right now to have them beam straight to your mobile device. Quizzlemania, it's the showcase of the Amorons. Uh, let's see what you guys thought on the Ultra Chats. Get in all of your Ultra Chats using the WrestleTalk.com forward slash support link. Of course, there are no so, so, so Super Chats right now. We're doing the uh, 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 Ultra Chats. We will read out every single one of them before the end of this stream. Renee says, Undertaker was my favorite wrestler when I was a kid. Whenever he did his eye roll during his entrance, I hid behind my mum and thought he was dead. Just shows how good he was with that character. But that part of my childhood is gone. At least he has peace. Yeah, I, I mentioned this in the stream last night. Wrestling was a was a banned substance in my household. My my parents would not allow me to watch wrestling. I once bought a wrestling sticker book when I was sent down to the newsagents with my pocket money to buy Sonic the Comic. And I came back with a WWF sticker book from like 1993, I want to say. My mum found out, went ballistic and made me take it back and um, and get Sonic the Comic instead. But the character that always jumped out to me was The Undertaker. He was the character I thought he looked so cool. When I played Royal Rumble on the Mega Drive, he was the character I always played as. I always gravitate towards the, the Undertaker. It's when I finally started watching wrestling um, many, many years later. When my mum couldn't stop me anymore, I because um, it was on Channel 4, I could watch Heat. Um, he was the character I thought was the coolest. And when I went back and watched it, it was the Ministry of Darkness Taker that I always gravitated towards because I was a metal kid. And I thought he was just so cool and metal. And yeah, I've, I've, he's the most enduring character in wrestling history. 
Reese Johnson. Afternoon, lads. Really enjoyed the stream last night with the All, All Authority regaining the championship. The mm. Taker segment was emotional and the show was okay overall. I'm sorry to announce I'm leaving the All Authority. All hail El Fagador. He's coming, Davis. <laughs> he is coming for you. Not so much. I'm not scared. I'm not scared of El Fagador. Mm. Chris Petro, as a seven year old watching Undertaker's debut back at Survivor Series 90, I teared up out of fear. Last night, 30 years later, I teared up for different reasons. There you go. That, that's someone who was, you know, teared up. Those people who were, were nostalgic people. You know, you've got those lasting memories of this character that I would, you know, every single person that is watching this stream has got an Undertaker moment, memory, seeing him for the first time. Young gold. There'll be people who be like, oh man, I love The Undertaker. What an absolute legend. And an actual legend, not like they're now crediting Shane McMahon. As you've seen this on WWE documentaries, that's now his thing. He is Shane mm -hmm. McMahon, WWE legend. I mean, the uh, I I totally agree about the Undertaker's longevity. I'm the the core tenets of my argument remain. It was a bit of a nothing segment, and I've seen this so many times before. I don't actually believe it. I don't think anyone's disagreeing with me on those points. Oh, I, I think a lot of people. Are, I mean, I'm looking at the chat. A lot of people are disagreeing with you. you what, I but mean, we've had loads. That we've had loads of Undertaker retirements in the past. No one can disagree with me on that. And also that this wasn't an amazing segment. It was just a thing where the Undertaker said goodbye. I think, I mean, looking at the replies that we've had, people are very down on you for being down on this show overall. Well, Austin Baker, Undertaker may be resting in peace, but Mr. Davis is the real world champion. No thank you, jam that jam. And plot twist Jones, Mark Calloway debuts as general manager or commissioner, right? Yeah, God, I, I, absolutely. I hope not. That would be awful. That would be really, really, really awful. What about Adam Pearce? <laughs> what will he do yeah, if the if on. Mark Calloway comes out being like I'm gonna book you in a tag team match? Well, everyone, get in your super chats to wrestletalk.com forward slash support uh, ultra chat. Sorry, we will read out every single one of them before the end of the show and go over to beer52.com forward slash wrestletalk. Get yourself a case of fr eight free craft beers, which I'm going to tuck into this one. Ooh, go for it. Uh, tell you what it tastes like, even though I am a little bit hungover anyway. Hair of the oh, dog here. Same this here, is but that, um, from that Dutch chocolate brewery. Orange, that chocolate orange pastry stout last night was absolutely delightful. Mm, that was lovely. So, uh, not to be confused with the Axe Edge, this is a special edition mm. brewed with the addition of Sorachi Ace Hops to make the normal Axe Edge recipe. Buxton's flagship pale ale brewed since 2011. This edition has an early and late dried hop, and the hops providing plenty of citrusy lemon notes to complement the bitterness backbone. Oh, my, all the free stuff starting to fall out of my magazine here. Ferment. Mm. Tasty, tasty stuff. Well, before we get on with the full play-by-play -play review... Shall we do the official handing over of the Jam That Championship belt? Ah, oh, well, once again, I am no longer your Jam That Champion. Morning. Staring at me as I'm walking with this prestigious Jam That Championship that was won by the dastardly, dastardly bastard, 
that is Mr. Davis. Just go wait for another bemused taxi driver to come pick up Goldie, Jamie. Yeah, I'm gonna miss her. Or him. I haven't quite gendered it yet. Don't need to be gendered really. I'm gonna miss it, is the broad strokes of this conversation. Actually, I have to do with him getting there quickly. I'm fucking freezing. Oh, here he is. Morning, boss. I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Good, thank you. So, just taking this. Yeah. Uh, it's for Ollie. Ollie, okay. Yep. Is thank you very much, boss. Oh. Yeah, he knows. Thank yeah. you, dude. So, one time, James, you will track. Yes, he's going to track it, yeah. All right, no Perfect, thank you. Oh, bollocks. A few moments later. Hello, I'm here to collect a yes. Jam That Championship. Oh, sorry it didn't wear a mask. That's all right. <laughs> Thank you very much. Oh, it's good to have it back home again. Have a good day. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Back where she belongs, Big Red. Got to find a more economical way of transporting her because we were not preparing it to change hands so much, but it won't change hands next time. I'm coming for you, El Fagador, Laurie Blake. It's not going to happen with you. It's mine forever now, you see? It's mine. A TLC, December 20th, Sunday night. I'm going to retain the first ever attention. I'm going to eat you. <laughs> it really would, Dustin Pylon. It would have been cheaper to get a second belt. We didn't count on it changing hands literally every time we did this gimmick. But it has again. Your three, three, three time jam that champion. Big Red's back home. It's not going anywhere. It was a sad night for me, man. An absolutely sad night. Yeah. Not a great, not a great performance uh, by Team Lukewarm. It has to be said. We were, we were the SmackDown uh, men's team, is what we were. Mm -hmm. um, yes, and I will be defeating Laurie at TLC. So set your reminder Sunday the twentieth for that. Uh, I cannot Before lose it because he lives in Manchester, and that is an <laughs> expensive Uber. <laughs> And before we go on, we do need to go through uh, the overall uh, because it was the season end for Wrestle League mm. as well. So let's go through the results of that. Um, because Pete gifted you five points um, at a previous pay per view, I can't remember which pay per view it was now. He is bottom of the league with 40 points, followed up by Laurie with 41, Editor Rich with 42, Adam the Blompier with the most lay with 43, Ollie Davis. Who would have lost had it not been for Pete giving him points with 45? Randy Andy Datsun with 47, but your Wrestle League season four winner, I can at least have that, is lukewarm Luke Owen with 48 points. That's actually now the second Wrestle League that I have won. How many have you won, Mr. Davis? None is this, the answer. Absolutely, many. none is the this answer. Many. None is the answer. You only got the first belt because Pete gifted you points, and that's only how you came mid-table. Even with five points gifted to you, you still came mid-table.
Let's review a Sire Survivor series, shall we? <laughs> so, on the uh, pre-show, we had our truth doing some comedy with the gobbledygooker. Uh, it's also like the 20... Was it the 30. same show? It's, it's the so same it's a... show with The Undertaker, yeah. Yeah, why didn't Gobbledygooker come out with all those legends at the end? That's an image <laughs> well, I would would have bought the network for. He got his moment. He got mm. his moment in the in the light. Uh, my favorite tweet from this was Randy Edson, who saw this moment and was like, "Well, that's enough for me. I'm going to bed." Yeah. Uh, so the Gobbledygooker rolled up our truth. Uh, Akira Tozawa was part of this somehow. Um, it was Drew Gulak as the Gobbledygooker here. Uh, I don't think I, this would I count called... towards his reigns. I called that. Mm. And the the best thing about this was our truth chased the gobbledygooker off into the distance, and they stopped running, <laughs> and started walking, chatting to each other while the camera was still on them. Oh dear, yeah, a bit of an awkward awkward end uh, mm. to that segment there. Uh, then we got the battle royal, which was only announced oh. on SmackDown, I think, which was just it was a weird mix, and I'd say this is like a lot of the night. A mix of great wrestling, re- like wrestlers I really, really enjoy watching, some fantastic spots, but it being quite depressing because of the booking. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. This was a sad, sad sight, man. This actually made me quite sad. All this amazing, no big E in this, all this amazing talent that's in the ring, just out there for absolutely no reason whatsoever no stakes behind it no purpose to all of them being out there and doing this stuff like and they're all taking these bumps ricochet in particular kept taking all these crazy bumps i'm like rick mate what what's the point say you've only got so many bumps on your card don't waste them in this crap battle royal that means diddly dick Mm. Yeah, but him him and Rick, uh, Ricochet and Cedric Alexander, along with Shelton Benjamin, had like a really good exchange on the apron. Um, just uh, Buddy working really well. Nakamura was in there. Jeff Hardy and Elias. Despite Jeff Hardy threatening Elias with murder on last Monday's Raw, just stood next to each other at the yep, start just- of this battle royal. Yep. Just there to be. Uh, I saw someone in the comments just say then, like, well, they have to do this. Not everyone can have a storyline. You don't have to do this. Like, you didn't have to put this match on. And you could have had storylines. <laughs> and you could have given one of the matches. You could have just built that into a match. Mm-hmm. Could have done. Um, but yeah, I, I, to be honest, the, the best part about this was Chad Gable versus Dominic Mysterio, which you quite beautifully put in uh your review is almost like it's the new generation version of angle versus uh ray so that was really really nice i thank you man i thought yeah i it felt like one of those reboots done well yeah like they recast that movie i love and i'm i'm into this version too yeah (laughs) maybe it's because it's connected it's not like a Mm. complete reboot because dominic is the son of ray yes what do they call that version and Chad Gable should have been the son of Kurt Angle, but they oh picked Jason God. Jordan instead. That could have been a, such a perfect story. Uh, but anyway, that they really stood out here. Dominic, Dominic was great, and he should have won the won the damn thing. For me, Chad Gable was sublime here. Just heading these like over the head, over the top, uh, belly to belly release suplexes, Germans. Um, yeah, oh, great stuff. Miz gets eliminated. Well, we think, but he he rolls in under the bottom rope before he's kicked out. And it's the standard 
uh, spot where Miz runs in. You think he's he's gone. Dominic thinks he's won it, but Miz throws Dominic over the top rope. He wins. He's Mr. Money in the Bank. Doesn't do anything for anyone. He could have, like, this meant nothing anyway, but it could have meant something for Dominic or Chad, but they gave it to the Miz. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's good to give the Miz a win, I guess, because he hasn't had many of those since he won the Money in the Bank. Basically, all he's done since winning Money in the Bank is lose to Drew. So, hmm. yeah, you know, in a way, it's nice to give him some semblance of a win, I guess. Yeah, whatever. Uh, the main card opened with the men's elimination match. Uh, again, like really fun wrestling, particularly from Keith Lee, I thought. Matt Riddle looked really good in this as well. But overall, I was just a little bit frustrated. This this had a better story than the women's match, definitely. Like this was the women's match was just shockingly bad booking wise and creative wise. Um, but the the men's elimination match had Seth Rollins sacrifice himself at the start. The idea that he is this messiah, he's going off to be reborn or give birth with Becky Lynch. And then that meant SmackDown had a disadvantage they could never recover from. And Team Raw just picked him off one by one. Yeah. And Team Raw had a clean sweep win. Yeah, it was quite a surprising clean sweep win as well uh, for, for Team Raw. Be and I say that because literally the story on Monday was these lads cannot work together. Like they will just combust. And we got none of that in this match. This match, they just came out and were like, no, we're all on the same page now. Apropos of nothing. They just, they are now all on the same page and it was fine. And you could have told that story over like the course of a few weeks to be like, you know, they start off on rocky ground, then they start working together. Friendships are bonded. And that is how they defeat team SmackDown because team SmackDown didn't respect Jay Uso, which means they don't respect the tribal chief. They don't respect the family. That is a story you could have told, but that's not the story they told. The story they told was this team of lads just cannot get along. And now they're fine with no reason whatsoever. And these lads just got beaten. It made SmackDown look proper crap. And it just made Raw look like this dominating faction. Yeah, it's like the, there's bad, which is frustrating in and of itself. But then there's also X-Men 3, The Last Stand, which mm. is both bad and an extra layer of frustration because it could have been great. And there's just so many dropped balls and missed opportunities there. Uh, open goals, really. And like you said, all the storytelling components were there. You had that story to tell about Team SmackDown, disrespecting Jay. The Jay narrative arc throughout the night, I thought was really well done. It's a shame they just didn't start it off in the right way here. Jay was the last person on his team, and he, you know, he was having a flurry, but the great elimination from Keith Lee to win it, where he oh, caught so Jay midair in a fireman's carry, and then just sort of popped him up, thrusted him up off his shoulders into a powerbomb position and Nuts. then hit the spirit bomb. So, so cool. great. Mm. So, so great. Absolutely. Just what an app. Like, that's the sort of thing where you're like, oh, that's why Keith Lee should be a top guy in this company because he's an absolute star who can do amazing things. This fridge unit of a man who's got so much power, but yet is so agile as well. Um, but I, he's got new music at the very least. So mm. there's something. Yeah, I, I haven't properly listened to it yet, but it sounded significantly better. So much better. It sounded like his old NXT theme. Yeah. Um, Otis actually as well had a really good run here. I was really impressed with his strength-based spots. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 this is probably the best. We said this in the stream last night. This is the best that Otis has looked since he won Money in the Bank. Because he won mm-hmm. Money in the Bank, did nothing, then just lost Money in the Bank, and now he's doing really good stuff. And you're like, well, that means that there was something there you could have done with him as Mr. Money in the Bank, but you chose not to. What do you make of... Because I think overall, fun match to watch. Just a little bit... But frustrating because Team SmackDown did just feel like a bunch of losers at the end. And the the it all hinges on that Seth Rollins elimination at the start. And I get I get the reasoning. I get people saying that he is a messiah, he's sacrificing himself, he's despondent after the Murphy match, and now he's looking for a rebirth. But it just I just don't buy it. I um I'm gonna I'm holding my judgment on this one. Because I'm I'm curious to see both the Raw and SmackDown after Survivor Series to see if there's any fallout to any of this. Like, is there going to be any fallout of Team Raw being this cohesive unit that completely dominated SmackDown? Is there going to be any fallout of Seth Rollins sacrificing himself? Is that going to lead into a feud with him and Kevin Owens again? Is it going to lead into a feud with him and Baron Corbin or him and Jay or, or what have you? If there's something that comes out of this, then then grand. If he just disappears, then I don't quite get it. And if Team Raw just carry on like nothing happened, then sort of what was the point? But really, like, you know, we, we kind of already said this, but they didn't keep score uh, this year for like which brand actually won, which made the matches even more pointless. Yeah. Yeah, this was the sort of first, what because it was the first match of the night and the commentators didn't really put over anything about Raw technically winning the pre-show match and... And this also being a raw win. I mean, what was the overall? I think it was four three raw. Okay, so SmackDown really, really no good this time of year. Oh yeah, really not. Right, but after that, I I thought this next match was absolutely terrific. And Perfect. and it's how has this match not happened already? I feel like it's a match that should have happened a gazillion times. But that's a credit to WWE for actually like keeping these two teams apart. Mm, and that's yeah. why this match felt like it was a big deal because they've never been on the same brand before. And now we're finally going to get to see this. It was the same with like, you know, Shield versus New Day, where you're like, oh man, yeah, I actually really want to see that as a six man tag. This is a tag team match that as soon as it announced, I was like, yeah, absolutely bloody exactly. I want to see Profits versus New Day. And this is why, because this match was fantastic with so much wonderful character work in this all the stuff with the new day i probably wouldn't have had Big E do the entrance with them because they sort of did this like oh the new day have split up but we've now sort of seen them together again but also not because Big E didn't come out to help them on smackdown it's like they they, they split them up with no plan of, of actually how to split them up but they have to do the three-person thing here because they need to plug gears of war so that was a little bit muddled. But outside of that, that that's like a, a hyper-critical nitpick. This match was fantastic, dude. So, so great. Yeah, so the story they told was Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston are still kind of finding their post-Biggie feat in that a lot of their tag team manoeuvres involved Biggie and that incredible strength and power he brought to the faction. So when they hit uh, Midnight Hour on Montez Ford, like it's not even a a near fall, really. It's not a 2.5 or a 2.7 or above. It's a it's a kick out at two. And I thought the commentator, because I wouldn't have noticed this 
uh, actually. It was the commentary, commentary team putting this over that made me realize, and we were talking about it on the stream too. And that's the, that's the idea that the New Day kind of have to recalibrate their offense. And that's, that's a really lovely attention to detail that I, I really, really appreciate. I thought it gave a great narrative backbone to this match. And ultimately, when the Street Profits won, it's like, ah, but they won this time. Mm -hmm. Next time, yeah. if New Day work on these, these sort of strategic plans and they can come up with something better, I could easily see them winning next time, which means both teams ended up more over than when they began. That's all you can ask for. And it was bloody fun as well. Oh man, those some of those near falls at the end were fantastic. So so great. I, I I can't say enough good things about this match. Easily beyond a shadow of a doubt, match of the night. Yes, like, like easily match of the night, head and shoulders above everything else. And I really liked Sasha Asuka, but this was quite comfortably the match of the night. I really really liked True Roman by the end, um, but I I think that the first half was a bit plodding, a bit mm. too methodical. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I'd still give it to the the tag match. Uh, crazy trustful from Kofi. Oh man, I, he <laughs> clattered, absolutely clattered into poor old Tez. One of the best delays of a pin after a frog splash from Montez Ford I've seen him do yet. I thought he yeah. sold that fantastically, and it was all to protect the move because if mm -hmm. Ford pinned people immediately after hitting the frog splash. He'd win a lot more. Yeah, exactly. And that's it's um you know it's what RVD used to do. It's the actual selling of the move as well, which mm. actually makes the the move itself feel even more impactful. That you doing this move hurts you to do. Ah, I think it's great. Tez, Tez is an absolute talent man. I've, I've said it since day one of this place. Future WWE champion Montez Ford. And the new day put the profits over big afterwards, embracing them, raising their hands. Very nice to see. Very well done. Just. Just mm -hmm. top marks. Brilliant. Um, after that, we got Bobby Lashley taking on Sami Zayn. And the way I described this in my review was it was exactly what you would have expected from this match, but longer. Yeah, this went too long. Like for the story they were telling here, this went too long. This needed to go at most five minutes, uh, but it went probably double that. Um, Let's find out, actually. What is the match time for this? Yeah, I'd be very curious now, because if you tell me it was five minutes, I'm going to be absolutely stunned, because it did not feel like it was five minutes long. It was there seven minutes 50. Oof, mate, those those last two minutes there felt like an absolute eternity. Yeah. But I did really like the finish of this, because the story of this was that Sami Zayn was trying to get himself DQ'd so he can pick up the win. And he had this great moment where he was trying to escape up the ramp, and he bumps into MVP and falls over. Like, he takes a big tumble, and then he's shouting at the referee, this man tripped me. He's interfering in this match. And MVP standing going like, I didn't touch him. And then Lashley distracts the referee. So MVP literally interferes in the match and throws him into the ring so that Lashley could put on uh, the hurt lock for the win. I thought it was a really, really fun and creative finish. Probably could have just done that three minutes in and, and you would have had, you'd have had a much more impactful time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that, that's what happened. Bobby Lashley tapped him out. Exactly what we all thought was going to happen, really. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, after that, really good stuff backstage. Jey Uso and Jimmy is there too. Goes to see the head of the family, Roman Reigns. And he's not a happy dog. 
he's a grumpy dog because as Roman lays out really really just sort of threateningly he's got such a menace behind everything he says these days like a a credible menace and one one thing I never got from Roman in his babyface run was credibility so I'm really glad to see how strong he's bringing that to his character but he said that you lost because your team, you couldn't control your team. Your team didn't respect you, which means they don't respect Roman, which means they don't respect the family. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. And it was stuff, brutal. Yeah. yeah and he, yeah. S- he sent him home. Yeah. But did he, though? Oh, do you, uh... do you think? No, I don't think Roman no, was no, no, in no, on that. No, 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 very much so. Jay, Jay, Jay was just hanging around, waiting for the main event. Um, after that, we got Asuka versus Sasha Banks. Uh, a really, really nice match. They've got great chemistry together. I, I pre- preferred all their other matches, I think, uh, over the summer. But this was really I good. Think, I, and I think maybe I can give, I don't know, this is sort of my reading on this. Perhaps you enjoyed the ones over the summer more because there were stories going into those mm. matches. Whereas this one was just, these are two wrestlers doing a wrestle. There was kind of no emphasis behind it there was sort of no need for the match and i think that i mean they had a great match but because they didn't have a story to work with it was just moves back and forth good good moves back and forth but there wasn't a lot of there wasn't substance behind it yeah i think that i mean that that's up and down this show you can accuse uh, the whole card of that but yeah it did, it did feel more present in asuka banks here maybe it's because at least you know, like your Lashleys and your Sami Zayn's and your New Days and your Street Profits. There's nothing really there for those stories. But at least they've got things to do elsewhere. Asuka has had nothing to do for two months. Yeah, which and which is why it makes sense that Sasha Banks was the one that picked up the win because mm-hmm. that then puts her over and in sort of essence puts over her challenger in Carmella. Whereas Asuka's feuding with no one and has feuded with no one since Bailey and Banks in the summer. She's just, she's basically keeping that belt warm until Charlotte comes back. <laughs> oh, you're totally right. <laughs> yeah, that's all she's doing. And that's all Asuka ever does. She keeps the belt warm until Charlotte comes back. That's her role in this company. Well, it was good. It was a good watch. Uh, really good submissions as well. I, th- I like the training right. of that back and forth. Uh, and yeah, overall, it wasn't like a strong win for Banks. It was more of that they're reversing technical pinning combinations on the mat and Sasha just got the better of it. So on another day, Asuka could have won. Uh, yeah. After yeah. that, we got the gobbledygooker backstage, 24-7 champion, seeing some bird food. Yeah. And then he got rolled up by Tazawa. Yes. And then Tazawa got rolled up by Truth. Yes. So the gobbledygooker is a legit turkey, is what I got from this. Because he, well, he, hatch, he hatched from an egg, Davis. Like, he, you know, he is, of course, he's an actual turkey. He came from an egg. You, you don't think you could interpret that segment as a man in a turkey outfit hatching no. from a man-made egg? No, no, no. We saw the egg. Survivor Series 1990 was very clear that that was an egg and we were all waiting to see what hatched from that egg and what hatched from that was not a well, not a turkey it's a gobbledygooker and the gobbledygooker feeds on bird feed after that we got the women's tag team elimination which was actually worse than the gobbledygooker can or i shock that you? part of the gobbledygooker go on i don't mind it 
Okay, and here's why. I'm going to completely Pritchard this. Here is why. the fit, Like, this whole match just made complete sense, right? Of course Team Raw was going to win this match because Team Raw have a story. Team Raw have a story with uh, Lana, Nia Jax, and Shayna Baszler. So, of course, they're going to win. SmackDown's just a bunch of lasses that were just thrown together. They didn't even have a complete team until Friday. Natalia lost like 25 times getting into the team. That's not a story. The right squad are in there. That's not a story. Bailey was just on the team. That's not a story. And she was out first. So, of course, Raw was going to get the win here. And, of course... Raw gets the win because of Lana on, like Lana doesn't get tagged in and she gets, she's the sole survivor. That's the story they were telling. And that's the story that played out. So that for me gets a thumbs up. I don't like it, but at least it's a story that made sense. I can't argue <laughs> with the fact that it's a story. Nor can I say overall that it was completely nonsensical. So I will take those two points. But I thought this was absolute horseshit. <laughs> right. So what happened and, here? Folks? And, and I don't. And I don't think you're wrong. So what happened here, folks, was you've got Lacey Evans, Peyton Royce, Nia Jack, Shayna Baszler and Lana on the Team Raw side of things. And can I remember them all? Bailey, Bianca Belair, Natalia. Not Lacey Evans again. No, she's on Team Raw. Ruby Wright and Liv Morgan. There They're it on is. Smackdown. And Bailey gets taken out first. Um, from this, like Peyton Royce, I thought really gave it a good go here. Like we know she's she's improved considerably, and I felt like she wanted to prove something here. And I, I her and Lacey, I thought looked really good. It's a shame that they've just been chucked together and are still seemingly working out whatever their act is. But Peyton hits this superplex off on Bailey to the outside to seven women waiting to catch them, and they miss all of them. But yeah. you know, like they didn't like go the other way. They didn't go like ninety degrees to the left or something. No, that that mass of people just parted. Like I said, it was like a knife through butter. <laughs> it parted like the red and blue sea. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, so that sort of led to Bailey's elimination. Arguably the biggest star, credible threat. The way the division's been presented, taken out right from the get go. Just like how Seth Rollins was in the men's and. That kind of meant Team SmackDown could never recover. Uh, Natalia went. Uh, Lacey Evans went. And then, then this is where th there was a really, really smart elimination here, where Shayna Baszler has the Kirafuda clutch on Ruby Riot. Ruby Riot rolls her up, actually pins Shayna Baszler because Baszler's shoulders are on the mat. But Nia distracts the referee. By the time the referee ro turns round, Ruby Riot has passed out, and Shayna can just pin her. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really like that. Although it then sort of it, it had, holds a big question mark over the next uh, elimination because she gets the Kirafuna clutch on Bianca, I yeah, think. Belair, yeah, Belair, yeah. Bianca Belair, yeah. Liv Morgan got eliminated somewhere as well. And she gets it on, on Bianca Belair. And Bianca Belair passes out, but they fall into the ropes, which I thought was actually a really lovely spot because her falling into the ropes, although she passed out and is eliminated... Because she was in the ropes, it can't count. You know, yeah. that, that it's it's an out of bounds thing. That I really liked. 
But then Shayna Baszler, like a doofus, kept the hold on and got DQ'd for it. And then Bianca rolls outside, gets beaten up by Nijax for a bit, then can't get back into the ring. Both get counted out. Lana oh, is the sole survivor. God. The ending was so awful. Like it was, they had to find a way for everyone to get counted out in some way. But like, I've seen so many people say, oh, this match put over Bianca big. Like, did it? She lost twice. She lost twice in this match. She passed out and then she got counted out. And like Peyton got put over strong. She got one elimination. It was Bailey, but like it doesn't mean anything. She's not getting a push off the back of it. She's in a crap tag team with Lacey Evans. So I don't think that Bianca was put over big in this match. I don't think Shayna was put over big. Nia Jax in this match got hit with the Riot Squad's finish and her selling was to tag out. Like not take a bump was to tag out. I, you know, I, I, I like Nia. I think she's a good character. Uh, I think she gets, you know, a, a very brutal end of people's judgment sometimes. But I thought her, I, I like her work as well when it's safe. But I thought that just no selling of stuff that went over that that line of I am a tough wrestler and I am not selling your stuff. You know, like how Thunder Rosa does really well. She does that really well on AEW at the moment to, to use a sort of recent example. Nia Jax, the way she just batted off people's offense when they were wrestling their hearts out, I found very... I don't know what's the word. Not disrespectful, but a bit maddening. Yeah, it it was really like it was the Riot Squad spot that really pushed it over the edge for me. Which is like they hit their tag finish on her. She doesn't take a bump. She just falls into the ropes and tags out. Like you don't sell a move by just le like by, by doing a legal tag to someone. I I don't get it. Yeah, it felt like. Kevin Nash at his worst. You know? Yes, that's yes, that's yeah. absolutely right. It's a total Kevin Nash move. That's a total Kevin Nash thing to do. You're absolutely right on that. But it's not like the booking was going to help anyone anyway, because as we've said, in WWE's weird obsession with, I don't know, they don't want anyone to look strong, but they don't want anyone to lose either. So it, yeah, the, the whole Shayna, Belair, and Belair, like, just about, she's half in when the referee's like, oh, there's the 10 count. And Lana's, of course, still legal, like, she's she's left on her team. I just thought it it made Belair look like an absolute dork. And like I said, throughout all of the weeks of build, to what end? To what mm -hmm. end? Lana is the sole survivor. She celebrates like she's won the match herself. She's meant to be a baby face here. She's celebrating like the lucky chicken S-word heel. Before that, she's meant to be the baby face, the bullied baby face underdog. And she's on the, the steps just sulking. She's a natural heel, I think. I, I, it's hard to properly empathize her, with her in that way. I think Liv Morgan's a great baby face. Like she's got the right sort of facials and connection with the crowd to pull that kind of thing off. But yeah, I just... I just don't get what the point is. You've got a Lana who will never seriously be taken as a, con a title contender or a top star in this division, not by the fans and not by the company itself. They're not booking her as an actual wrestler. They're booking her as a joke. And well, you, you put the, the booking over to get, sorry, go on. And, and you put that over Belair and Shayna Baszler. Belair, who could have easily won this match, 
and actually look good coming out of it. Maybe, I, I don't know, the, the, there are so many better ways to do this match and achieve so much more than what they went with. Lana, could why, why didn't Lana get the comeuppance on Nia here? Well, I mean, as Jobber JJ, who was once your number one fan, is now Fort Awesome uh, number one fan. Oh, nine no. weeks of story, nine weeks of story totally paid off. No, it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I've said my piece. I thought this was again, not the wrestler's fault. Well, Nia Jack's work sort of was annoying, but I, I thought everyone did really well. Bianca's so great. Shayna's great. Peyton's great. Liv's great. Just the booking was is is going to bury them in the ground. And to all those people who think that Peyton Royce was put over strong in this match, she got one elimination and was then eliminated pretty much immediately afterwards. So it's not like she went on a massive tear. This was not like a star-making performance. She just got a pin. And to a, to a crap sharpshooter, no one taps out to Natty sharpshooter. <laughs> Natty, by the way, such a moron in this match, applies the sharpshooter to the legal person. Someone gets into the ring. So she stops doing the sharpshooter on the legal person to do the sharpshooter on a person she cannot tap out, allowing Lacey Evans to punch her in the face. What an idiot. Mm. An absolute idiot. She also stomped on someone's boob, didn't she? She lost her <laughs> she lost her footing. You know, when you step through. Yeah, yeah. Who was it? I can't remember. I think I think it was actually on Peyton. I think it was when she eliminated her because like it was a really bad sharpshooter she put on. Thankfully, the main event I really, really enjoyed. It was Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre in the battle of who has the longest, wettest hair. I love both these guys. It was a really, they do it every year. They pull out a top champion versus top champion at Survivor Series that I really genuinely want to see. And yeah, the opening 15, I think this went 25 minutes overall. Longest match on the card. Yeah, longest match on the card by a minute. Uh, the women's was next. And the, the first 15 minutes were quite plodding, but there's an argument that methodical pace needs to be there for the stuff at the end to work. That is kind of Roman shtick now. Um, not in an Akada way, but in, in a sort of more Randy Orton way. So I, th I think some fine tuning can be done there. But then it went very much Paul Heyman near the end. Spear, spear, spear through a barricade. Samoan dropped through the announcer's table twice because somehow an announcer's desk didn't break despite Drew McIntyre being dropped on it. Christ. It's reinforced, it's reinforced man. He's got, you've got it. The big, the big beefy boys out there. Now you've got to reinforce that. And yeah, they get in uh, a brilliantly timed spot where Drew hits a Claymore reversal of a spear, knocks over the referee, ref bump. That lets Jey Uso run down some tomfoolery, low blow. And Roman chokes out, um, Drew in the guillotine. Yeah, really, uh, this protected Drew a lot, uh, this finish, but also put over the character of Roman Reigns. So both characters got over in the end. That's a massive thumbs up from me. Um, do you know what? This just totally made up for the complete snore fest that they did at WrestleMania last year. Oh, Completely. Yeah. What, what was, would have been the most boring match on the card if Triple H and Batista hadn't shown up um, to, to comfortably take that. Uh, and the characters are so over. The performances are so over. They're so like in tune with what their characters mm -hmm. are and mean. They know what the, the, the stakes are. Like these guys actually made this match feel like there were stakes. There weren't really stakes, but it almost felt like there were stakes to this. And yeah, I, I totally, I, I really, really dug it. Really dug it. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really like this. And it had, 
it wrapped that bow on the pay-per-view night-long story when Roman stared down Jay for a long time at the top of the ramp. I, I love how deep Roman's character is because I, I didn't know whether he was going to attack him or kiss him. And mm -hmm. either action would have been justified, uh, yeah. sort of in, in his own psyche. But yeah, it was he, he ended up hugging him. And I just I, I love it. I, I really, really love, like that. Love it so much. And then we got the Undertaker segment, which is, you know, everyone's agreed was a bit of a waste of time. Not uh, everyone's agreed. Not every, <laughs> much, I mean, everyone, you and everyone, meaning just you and a couple of others think that it was a waste of time. Everyone else thought it was very, very lovely. What would you give it overall out of four? Because we've got a new Twitter restriction to the amount of options. Uh, I know, have. Uh, which we'll go into in a second. Just want to give a shout out to uh, Corey K here, who has called something that I did not think of, but he's got it right on the banana here. It's Nia versus Lana in a tables match at TLC. Of course it is. Of course it is. <sighs> brilliant, man. Absolutely brilliant. Well done. Well done, you. Um, do you know what? Like, it's. And I, you you took a, a ton of heat for giving it two out of five, but I don't think you were wrong. I no. think this was a yeah, oh yeah, because everyone thought this was a great show because everyone really liked the Undertaker retirement. Everyone liked the in-ring wrestling. Like the chat at the start of this stream was everyone just being really down on you for being for, for giving it two out of five. But I don't think you're wrong. I think it was a two out of five show. Two out I, of four show. So I I do have a theory, and I have broached this before. Live chats are very it's like a baby. Like it just, it just cries if it has a little, if it feels hungry, it cries, and then it'll start giggling. It's very sort of all over the place. My review video that went up earlier has a very healthy thumbs up ratio. <laughs> mm, it certainly does. But that's because they, they see the star power on screen. They can't help but give it a thumbs up. You know, look, uh, we've got a five here, 3.5 out of five uh, from there, three out of five. Look, Carol. Two out of five. Uh, we have got our um, our Twitter game up, and the poll is officially. It was rated good, fifty six point six. That is a yeah. healthy, healthy lead there for good. With poor coming in at second place with eighteen point seven percent of the vote. So yeah, everyone very much by the looks of things. I can't say everyone, but the large majority of people really, really enjoyed the show. And I would wager a lot of that is people who really liked. Uh, the Undertaker moments and really liked the Undertaker retirement. You're right. And those, you know, those people are there you go. Yeah, yeah. represented right here. Uh, <laughs> let's just have more of these twos out of fives. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 1.5. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Hey, super. Oh, man. Vector Man shout out there in the chats. Don't see that very often. Have a little Vector Man shout out. Let's get on with our Ultra Chats. Last call for Ultra Chats. Go over to wrestletalk.com forward slash support to get in all of your uh, thoughts. We'll read out every single one of them before the end of the stream. First up from Plot Twist Jones. Well, Adam Pearson helps Mark out as uh, the general manager, not the dead man. Then Adam turns on him because that would have been his job. Next Survivor Series match. LOL. Adam Pearce. Yeah. Versus not Adam Pearson, as you've incorrectly put. Uh, It'd be so much better if it was Adam Pearson. I, I think the GM role would be so much better if it was Adam <laughs> Pearson. 
Uh, Richard Martinez. Some odd years ago, my friend played a WWE video game where he played as The Undertaker and I was immediately pulled in. I've been a fan ever since of wrestling and The Undertaker. I really hope he gets inducted into the Hall of Fame when fans are back. He'll be in the Hall of Fame next year, I reckon, for the main year Hall of Fame next year, if they do one. Did they do one this year? Did they do it at some point? No, no, they, they, uh, no, they didn't. And, and we can do this all again. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew um, Makovsky. I don't just, care. So one last thing I would say about, uh, on The Undertaker. Whenever I tell people what I do for a living, they'll be like, oh, what do you do? And I was like, oh, I, I, I host this YouTube channel that talks about wrestling. Guarantee you every single time, The Undertaker's still wrestling. Because those are people who haven't watched wrestling for like 20, 20 plus years. They'd be like, as a joke, we'll say like, yeah, is The Undertaker still wrestling? And you'd be like, yeah, he actually is. And then you get that real shocked look. Finally, now I could say, no, he retired in 2020. Yeah, sure. Uh, Matthew <laughs> Makovsky, I don't care what anyone says. That main event effing ruled three fantastic matches last night. Uh, main event being Roman versus Drew there, I think. Riley Finlayson, love the live reaction stream. Honestly thought the match of the night was Drew Roman. The traditional Survivor Series matches were terrible. Love Adam Blompier and everything he does. So glad Luke brought him in. Can I get a yes, please? You can do, but it doesn't feel like the right time since I lost the championship. But you can still have a yes, please from me. Let's get a yes, please train going up in the chat. Thank you all so much. Oh, I am loving not hearing the get rowdy horn dr doom that survivor series show just seemed plagued with bad endings to most matches the street profits versus new day match match of the night could not carry this frustrating show yeah something a lot of people were also pointing out team smackdown just were not breaking up pins team raw doing it all over the show team smackdown literally watched seth rollins get pinned and did at no point did one of them think i can i can just get in there it's very close to me I could get in there and break this up. They just they went, adore. <laughs> Anthony David Brewer. I thought the match between Drew and Roman was fantastic. Maybe the best one since Roman's return. Also, what is your favorite Survivor Series match ever? Uh, I think it's the um, Team Authority versus Team Cena from 2014. Love, love, love that match. So great. And it's not about brand loyalty, which puts me off uh, mm. a lot of the... So I, I know a lot... I really enjoyed the 2016 one, don't get me wrong, but brand loyalty means nothing to me. So the 2014 one completely pitches it for me. I've got to give a shout out to Goldberg Brock Lesnar. Like I said, oh, in my dude, Parts yeah. Unknown video that you 100%. should go and watch YouTubers recall their favorite Survivor Series moments. I changed the way oh, I looked at wrestling. So uh, great. The Epileman. Epileman? Uh, I enjoyed the show last night. I've now learned to accept that Survivor Series is the one night a year that I can ignore all the stupid storylines and enjoy some good wrestling. <laughs> but the booking... <laughs> last year was better, but I thought overall the match quality was above average. Yeah, I'd say that's fair. Yeah, it's it's. I, I hate Survivor Series. It, it's, it proper just gets in the way. And this show showed that they don't care about this show. They don't care about this pay-per-view concept whatsoever. Riley Finlayson. I feel like it's dream fantasy booking, but Seth slowly bringing all the members of the Survivor Series into his fold, believing in the greater good, and then going against someone. Not sure who. Could be an Uso. Reigns could be great. Reigns versus Rollins. I don't want to see Baron Corbin teaming with Seth Rollins, or Kevin Owens for that matter. That, does, that doesn't work for me, I'm afraid. Yeah, I think he's taking some time off. Uh, Ethan Adamson Joseph. Hi, guys. First Ultra Chat. I got a question for both you. Did you get DIY vibes, Champa Kills Johnny vibes, when Roman and Jay were standing atop the ramp? Uh, 
Yeah, a little bit. Also, what if Lana cost the match on purpose to get back at Nia would have been better? Yeah, totally. That would have been better. Bianca could have won. Yeah, but it that still doesn't really put over Bianca either. At the end of the day, that's just... It's uh... but, but it's better than what they did. <laughs> uh, Plot Twist Jones says, um, Woods X is not... Oh, Xavier Woods is not silent. He doesn't like that. Imagine New Day Street Profits, Uso TLC matches. Yes, please. Um, yeah, Xavier Woods. Um, Ben Michael Waller, uh, the new, uh, the new peen that peeny and oily David. Lol, Adam is the first time, uh, the first time the BX useless name at redacted days. No, lol, Jobber JJ. Hello, lads. Great streams last night was quite the train wreck while having some fun of that peen. Uh, I think my review of Sparrow sums up the most in about five seconds. Title of your pay per view, lol. Uh, Eddie Carter, one, Luke, while obviously you'll be gutted to have lost the gem that championship, are you not slightly relieved? Uh, I suppose my shoulder is slightly lighter, although, you know, I actually wore the championship to put it over where Davis puts it on the floor. Uh, two, Ollie, uh, you better wish that your team was not so good now, fella. I also sure it was Adam who was going to turn. Everything is Fakador. I'm not scared of Fakador. I'm not scared of him. And TLC successful first ever successful championship defense he he once locked you inside of youtube remember he, he, he trapped me in a closet for for weeks on end he trapped you inside of youtube mm -hmm. congrats on the championship wins from carol wants congrats on the championship win ollie i concede defeat i did my best no matter how much i cheer there was no winning against vince's booking i still support luke and always will but there'll be no uh get rowdy from me for a while hashtag team luke oh, me no. neither carol oh no carol i'm so sorry we, we did oh, lose no. to bad booking there the jam one right the thing is well i think it's important to point out that a lot of people say oh but if i try my best it will be okay uh, i think this is an example of no a lot of people's best isn't good enough Jam one Rainby Jad. Soon everything will be fake adore. Uh Charles Berg. I'm neutral, no sides for me. So I'll say first, congratulations to Ollie. That was a dominant victory. Luke, you brought shame upon your dojo. We'd influence this idea, but I wish Taker went boopity scoop, scoop a whoop, drops the mics and then leaves. <laughs> I'm guessing we didn't get one last bloop. Andrew, um, I warned you not to trust Fakeador. Now he's coming for you. I did. <laughs> He's in Manchester now. He can't get me. Uh, Alexis says, a pop for the he's a grumpy dog in that voice. Congrats on the big win, Mr. Davis. Do you want to give it one more time? Who's a grumpy dog? <laughs> I, was, I was more invested in the rest of Survivor Jams than I was anything WWE is doing. Stakes. Um, hey, he's back in the chat. Oliver, the time has come. He now has the power of Thunder Rose's Thunder Army. He is risen. Gorilla Press lives. Yes, please. Good, good for you, Gorilla Press. Um, well, that's all we have time for today. Thank you for joining us, everyone on the live stream last night. There was a lot of fun. Uh, set the date in your calendars. Saturday the twenty, Sunday the twentieth. TLC. You better believe we're going to sing a TLC song again on the go home for that, because I will be defending the championship and making the first ever successful title retention against El Fakador Laurie Blake then. Thank you all for your super ultra chats today. 
go over and watch the rest of Talk News. Head over to Parts Unknown, watch the Undertaker Explained video that Laurie made over the weekend, and also the YouTubers recall their favorite Survivor Series moments, which has got all of us, Brian Zane, going in Raw, Denise Salcedo, tons of fun. Go and watch all of that and give us a subscribe everywhere. I've been Mr. Davis. One last one last thing. Beer52.com forward slash Rustle. Go get yourself a free case of craft beer. He's holding the belt upside down like a complete dork. That's the way. That, there it is. Now you can do your outro. Beer52.com forward slash Rustle. Get yourself a free case of craft beer on us, UK viewers only. Jam that jam. Jam that jam, everyone. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.